I'm Robert Cavuto, and today you are listening to Brave Words in association with Sonic Perspectives. I am honored to be speaking with Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath for the release of his fascinating new book, Into the Void, due out June 6th. What a tremendous book. Thank you very much, Robert. Yes, I enjoyed it. It was done extremely well from a place of honesty and passion with integrity and respect. So kudos to you. Thank you. you. You do need an organizational chart or some sort of scorecard to keep track of all the members who have gone in and out of Black Sabbath's in its storied career. Yeah, I lost count myself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God, what's what's happening now? Who's left? Who came? Who got? So it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, and it, it just lends itself to believe that um, isn't the definition of a rock band to be dysfunctional? Well, yeah, I think it has to be for, for completely different people, or 40 different people, wherever many was in and out of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we've all got, like, our quirks, I suppose, and, um, you know, we're all different people. Right, right. You know, and the one aspect that I found rather surprising and ironic was that Drugs help seal the deal and the friendship between the original members of Black Sabbath and brought the band to stardom. Without that, without hash, Black Sabbath may never have existed. Uh, well, it certainly helped in the in the early days. I mean, I think I, I said in the book I couldn't really show Tony that that I'd um, had some hash with me. As soon as I showed it to Bill, he was like, yes, I'm in, I'll do the drumming. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, you know, and I, we have, the whole world has Sabbath to thank for, you know, the changing the landscape of heavy metal. And um, your songs still hold up some 50 years later with the guitar riffs and the songs. Uh, once the band was established... Did you think that drugs enabled the creativity within the band, or at some point did it start to hinder the creativity process? I think eventually it hindered it, but um, I mean, it's it just like, just, it's so boring in, in those days was, because there was no internet, so you couldn't look at the, your laptop. There was two channels on the TV that finished at 11 o'clock at night. Um, in America and, and in UK, and um, it was just really something to do when you get together. Yeah. You know, it's like none of us was either boozing or taking various drugs. Just with socialising, really, it's a good thing to socialise together. Right. Was there any other things that you guys did while on tour to occupy your time? Um, you were either touring, writing, or traveling. Was was there something that you enjoyed to do outside of music while you were with Sabbath? Um, well, apart from the groupies, as usual. Yeah. Which, uh, you get tired of them fairly quickly. <laughs> I used to read a lot, take books with me, you know, um, read. And as I say, there's nothing on TV, there's nothing. You couldn't go on the internet or anything because there's no such thing. You couldn't phone home uh, without it costing you fortune. Um, so yeah, it's just if you weren't doing drugs or boozing, I'd be reading. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you wrote a majority of the Sabbath l- lyrics. And what's, yeah. what's fascinating about that is the 
you shared the backstory in your book on those, but you might you might must be quite surprised on how misunderstood your lyrics really are about Satan and the devil, because it wasn't necessarily always the case, right? Exactly. I mean, the, the very first song we did, Black Sabbath, was a warning against Satanism and getting involved too heavily involved in the the occult and all that kind of thing. But at the time in England. Um, there's all these different, like people were getting into black magic and stuff like that. Stones had an album out called Their Satanic Majesty's Request. Arthur Brown was singing um, I Am the God of Hellfire. Mm-hmm. This big underground um, satanic thing, because like everybody had been brought up brainwashed by Christianity. And people were looking for other things in the life and um, to rebel against the parents. And the ultimate rebellion was to, to, was to turn to the dark side. But that was just a fad. It didn't last very long. And um, the song Black Sabbath was about, you know, warning against that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And totally mis- misunderstood when we got to America. <laughs> no, that's it. And I, I, I really really appreciated hearing the, the behind-the-scenes stories of those songs, so that was fascinating in the book. Um, what was the reason for picking Into the Void as the perfect title for this book? Um, just, I, I came out with about ten different titles, and at first, it was like the publishers either liked After Forever or Into the Void. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, you know, the consensus was uh, Into the Void was the strongest title. And how does that relate to your career with the band? It sums it all up, really, because it was Into the Void when we first started. Mm. It was, uh, nobody gave us a, a chance in hell of doing anything. And our parents eventually thought, oh, let them, you know, let them do this for a year and then they'll come to the senses and get a proper job. Right. And, uh, and that's the way I think that's what summed it up. Yeah, I think that was uh, my musical career too. And then I came to my senses, and I ended up going to college. So yes, I I understand what your parents meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it's a hard life. It it wasn't an easy life for you guys being away from family, being on the road. As much fun as it was, you know, and, it, and you make it sound, it, it's still a hard life. I don't envy you guys. Extremely hard life, yeah, yeah. Cause, you know, you're away from home, you're missing people, you're in strange places all the time, you don't know people, right. and it's just the, the, the band that you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it is hard. Uh, I liked in the book too, you mentioned that everyone in the band had a predetermined role. Tony was the leader, uh, Bill was the fall guy, Ozzy wasn't really... Uh, held in the highest regard, but you didn't say what your role, your predetermined role in the band was. Um, I think I gave the band the, the direction because I came up with like what music we're supposed to be playing, uh, from like blues to cream, um, that kind of thing, and to eventually uh, Ainsley Dunbar warning ended up on the uh, first album. So I think I gave the band the direction that it was supposed to go in, and of course the name. Yeah, huge. You know, in the, in the late 70s and the 80s, um, it was interesting to hear that Ozzy pointed out that the songs had too much keyboard. 
He shortly left, put together his own band, and then had Don Airy playing keyboards on Blizzard of Oz, backing most of Randy's guitar playing up. What, what, what do you make of that? <laughs> well, that was typical, Ozzy. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, it, it, you know, it's whatever you, you want, really, in his style of stuff, you wanted uh, to I think what he meant was towards the end of the uh, original lineup when we were doing songs like uh, Breakout and stuff like that, which was total instrumentals, and he felt like completely left out of it. And so he didn't want to go in that direction to like in total instrumental songs on his album, that, that kind of thing. Mm, got it. You know, my introduction to Black Sabbath was uh, on the Heaven and Hell album. That's when I started playing guitar. That's when I started being in bands. And the songs on those that album are light years ahead of what modern heavy metal was doing. And it still holds up, you know, 40 years later. I often, I often wonder, were those riffs or song ideas written for Ozzy in mind? There was a couple of, uh, especially Children of the Sea, wow. I remember uh, writing, we, when we were writing that with Ozzy, and um, Ozzy didn't really have much interest in it. And I think there was like, it was Children of the Sea, definitely, and the two, two or three other riffs that Tony came up with that eventually came out on the uh, Heaven and Hell album. But Ozzy was sort of lost interest in the, the songs at the time. Mm -hmm. He didn't really get into it. Did he ever put together le alternate lyrics or have lyrics for these songs that you presented to him? Not that I can remember, no. No? No. Yeah, one of my favorite album, heavy metal albums of all time is, you know, Heaven and Hell. Um, Ronnie was eventually let go from Sabbath. Um, in your book, you never explained how he took the news of being fired. Well, I think he, he knew it was already coming because he'd already got himself a, a solo deal with Warner Brothers. Mm, okay. That, that we weren't told about. And uh, when we found out, it's, it's sort of, well, you know, He's not really a member of our band anymore because he's, he's gone his own way and hadn't yeah. told about it. So uh, I think it was just one of those things that's uh, the inevitable split. I don't think anybody actually said to him, you're out of the band. It was just a mutual agreement, I think. Yeah, parted company, parted ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you left the band in 1986, you sold the rights of the band to Tony. Um, yeah. Who informed you to do that, and do you regret it? No, well, I thought that was the end of Sabbath anyway. Um, I never ever envisioned before it was getting back together or the Aussie coming back to the band. So mm. for me, that was the end of Black Sabbath. I, just, I had too much going on in my private life. Um, Tony wanted to carry on with the band, and I just said, you know, I will take the name. Wow. I, I, I wouldn't go out uh, as uh, calling, calling myself Black Sabbath, I'd never do that. Right. So um, Tony wanted to, so you know, he made me an offer and I took it. Any regrets? No, not only when the original band got back together, yeah. um, I was expecting like, you know, the, an ownership of the name again, 
now that the originals had got back together. But uh, it didn't work out like that. But uh, we got it sorted out in the end. I was happy with, you know, what, how it was solved. Was that the name in regards to the merchandise and everything else like that? You yeah, I got all, you know, this, it was just in name only kind of thing. It's like, um, the way it works is if Tony and Ozzy agree to something and I don't, they have like the, the final say on stuff. Okay. Because they, they own the name. Yeah. But apart from that, it's still, everything's still split uh, four ways. Okay, I understand. You know, also, I was kind of surprised and really informative about the book was that you were asked by Ozzy to join Blizzard of Oz. Yeah, we were thinking about because uh, Ozzy was getting really fed up of things. I was getting to totally delusion, delusional about the band. You know, I couldn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was having enough say in the band and, um, me and Ozzy sort of discussed getting a band together ourselves and going out like that. But, uh, you know, that fell through, so uh, nothing came of it. Yeah. It, it was a testament to your friendship, I would imagine, that you two were willing to separate from Black Sabbath and put together your own thing. Yeah, well, we've all still remained friends, you know, apart from um, all, all, the, all the ups and downs of the band. Yeah. You can't uh, for people together for 50 years without the ups and downs you know it's been terrible fallouts and then you forget it and then you come back together and it's just the way of life yeah yeah i guess it, it really is um interesting because in the book you were you were very candid and you said you know there was some things bad things sent to you some you said some bad things some people said other bad things and it's still interesting that you were able to get together and find the compassion within your friendship to do the, to reunite and do so many incarnations. I think it's all good trying to prove your point of view, you know. So you, you started, you start. Well, this is my point of view, and he must be wrong, kind of thing. But then eventually, it's just like water under the bridge. Yeah. I also, I was also curious to see why um, you guys refused to play the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. accepted anyway because it was like 10 years of being turned down by it and eventually we just said to them well just take us off the thing we don't want to be on the ballots anymore because we don't believe in it yeah um, and this is okay you're in and kind of thing um we weren't expecting to be in so we said oh it didn't really mean anything to us by that time so they asked us if we'd play and we said no wow. if you want you know we'll, we'll We'll probably turn up there, but we're not playing. We don't believe in it that much. Wow. That would have been a nice tribute to the fans, though, you know? I get. I understand your point of view. Yeah, it's just to get back at the, the, whoever, you know, put you in there. Yeah. It doesn't really mean anything to us. Right. Wow. You know, you, you, you had a lot of very candid opinions in your book about the members of Sabbath, as I mentioned earlier. Um, what do you think about the... The, the rumors or the stories that Ozzy may go perform on stage in a wheelchair? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it's up to him. You know, I've got nothing to do with his uh, solo career. Yeah. Um, whatever Ozzy wants to do, you know, it's up to him. Wow. 
Yeah, that, I found that interesting, and there's a lot of debate on uh, social media. So it, it, I was interesting to get your perspective on that. So that's interesting. Do you? I mean, it, sorry, it's sad that he has to do that if he does it. Yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, he wants to get out there and play to his fans one more time, I suppose. So you know, good luck to him. Yeah. Do you still t- stay in touch with Tony, Ozzy, and Bill? I'll stay in touch with Tony. Uh, Bill's not on the internet. Um, oh. And I haven't spoken to Ozzy since the last Sabbath gig. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And how about, how about as far as Bill? I mean, he wasn't part of the tour, um, the last tour, and he was upset about that. Have you, did you guys ever make amends? That's good. Um, it was really sad that Bill wasn't on the tour in, in any kind of part, you know, even if he came on for a couple of songs, it'd have been brilliant. But Bill says, you know, it's all or nothing, which, you know, which we respected. Um, I don't exactly, I still don't exactly know why, what happened between uh, Ozzy, Tony and Bill. Um, I was on holiday in Hawaii and I came back and Bill wasn't in the band anymore, so... I never really got into it. Did you think, you know, there was always that talk that he could never play for the 90 minutes, two hours. Was there any doubt in your mind if he could actually make it through a tour, a show and a tour? Um, I, I don't think he could. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, we gave him the option there if, you know, to do as much as he could. But Bill is... Bill's attitude, well, if, you know, if I, I, I'm either doing the whole thing, I'm not doing a part of it, I want to do the whole thing or I'm not doing it. Right, right. Yeah, I get it, I get it. That's about... And, I mean, and it, oh, sorry. They said to me, you can come on and play bass for three songs and then piss off. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be really upset as well, I'd tell them where to stick it. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I, I see his point of view, I totally... I totally understand his point of view, and I wish he would have done it for the fans, you know, one last time. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough challenge. Um, after this book, are you going to be working on any new music? Uh, not at the moment, no. I mean, I'm getting up there in age now, so uh, I'll probably... I'm always writing music just to please myself, um, but I don't think I'm going to release any stuff. Yeah. Do you still practice bass or play bass? It's uh, yesterday, in fact. Yeah, still love playing. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, I still play guitar myself. I don't. I'm not in a band or anything, but I still enjoy playing. Yeah, it's good. It's it's, it's uh, relaxing and um, you know get your frustrations out kind of thing. And and I had to wonder: was a lot of this book maybe written during the pandemic when you had nowhere to go, nothing to do, and you were kind of locked in the house? A lot of it was. Yeah, there was about. Um, I probably had about 500 pages. Wow. And uh, sent it in to the publishers and they were going, well, you can't say that, you can't do that, you can't say that, you'll get sued if you say that. Um, this, isn't, this is a bit boring, this part. So eventually it went from 500 pages to about 300 pages. Yeah. Is it, the, the, the stories that got cut out, I guess, from a legality standpoint, must have been pretty good, huh? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, and I said to him, I was in Black Sabbath, not the Osmonds. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, no, that would that would have been some fascinating stories. I wish you know we could have gotten to hear those too. Because I, again, I, I really enjoyed the book. I couldn't put it down, and I, I thought so much of it. I'm really glad. And I, I was so excited to speak to you today, and it was truly an honor. And I want to thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, thanks, Robert. That's great. And I, I, I loved at the end of the book, and I'm going to tell you now, Merry Christmas. <laughs> In case I don't talk to you from now until Christmas, I want to say Merry Christmas to you. And the people have to read the book to get to the epilogue to hear what that's all about, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Geezer. It was truly an honor. Have a great day. Okay, you too, Robert. Take I care. will. I will. Bye-bye.